This podcast was recorded in a Zoom meeting with the Hartford Street Zen Center Sangha. Please visit hszc.org for information about how to join our online programs or to make a contribution. We depend on the generosity of our members and supporters, especially during this challenging time. Thank you. This is, this is where the uh, Chuseau or head monk would sit. So uh, perhaps uh, she's remembering practice from a former birth. And um, uh-oh. Um, during the uh, head monk ceremony, which some of you have seen, uh, the head monk uh, get, gets up as um, the, the assembly is, is slowly chanting the Heart Sutra. And uh, he or she or they uh, go and collect a um, staff, uh, often made of bamboo, but not always. And they, uh, they take it to the uh, person uh, leading the teaching during the ongo or the training period. Make up your mind, you. Uh, and then they, uh, they step to one side and then to the other of the teacher and bow with the staff. And uh, this represents um, actually, yeah, this uh, devices like this, gadgets of this kind, pretty much always represent being in a position of caring for the teaching. So I suppose there are exceptions, but generally speaking, um, something like this is given to a, uh, a Dharma heir during the Dharma transmission ceremony. And it symbolizes responsibility for and care of the teaching. And then um, the the head monk will go and take his seat, their seat. And then uh, we'll do this uh, short recitation explaining that this is the 
the, the shipei, so-called, as it's called in Japanese. And um, uh, the recitation has the person say that it's five feet long, but often it's not. Anyway, roughly five feet long. Um, and, and then they say, uh, sometimes it is uh, Manjushri's sword or a Vajra sword giving and taking life. And I am thinking about this this past week um, uh, because of last week's talk where we had the image of the revered founder of Zen Center whacking on somebody with a stick and yelling at him. And uh, that incident, it occurred to me, was uh, Suzuki Yoshi uh, wielding the Vajra sword. So then I had to wonder, was it uh, hey Mark, could you mute? There we go. Everyone's muted. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, was that an occasion for granting or taking life? And in any case, what does that mean? How is a sword to grant life? Well, and then I was thinking of her Royal Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, who, of course, when she bestows knighthood, touches the shoulders of the new knight or lady uh, in bestowing that title. That could be seen as granting life. But so could the uh, head monk going to the supervising teacher during that ceremony and receiving the shipei, the staff. So, well, what about taking life? Something Buddhists are supposed to avoid. And what about that incident with Suzuki Roshi and poor John Steiner? Uh, receiving the blows on behalf of someone else.
there are, of course, many uh, stories uh, in which um, someone is wielding a stick and uses it to whack someone else. And often in the context of some dharma exchange or dialogue. And is that granting or taking life? My screen says Tendo is waiting for admittance. It's way down at the bottom. There it is. Yeah. somebody is well, well that's a little rough but there are occasions we are told when that was greatly freeing for someone I, uh, I personally haven't experienced that. My, my teacher was not big on hitting people. But I can imagine that happening. And uh, we, we talked a bit about how If the uh, if Manjushri sword is going to uh, function thoroughly, then it should be wielded by uh, someone who understands that he's not really there. Otherwise. It's kind of an exercise in delusional. And those are not often that helpful. After all, we do that all, all the time. It may seem unlikely, but I think it is possible that uh, someone on the receiving end, a Manjushri sword, 
might uh, come to understand the meaning of um, the old saying, every day is a good day. You've heard that one. When um, Master Yunman made that declaration, you know, it was in the context of telling his assembly that um, although it was a custom of the time uh, to um, schedule uh, certain events for either, usually, usually the first half of the month. And these were lunar months, basically. So the bright half. And uh, I don't know, maybe there were a few ceremonies that were relegated to the dark half. the sound of plumbing. Oh, that's better. So basically, Yunman asked, if it's not the bright half and it's not the dark half, what is it? For some reason, in many of the stories involving him, nobody says anything. So the stories usually say, answering for the assembly, Yunman said, etc. In this instance, every day is a good day. And that uh, remark is uh, Manjushri's sword. of uh, pushing us uh, into the embrace of the backward step. Usually our, our most comfortable embrace, you know, tends to be kind of uh, habit and superstition. So Yunman's remark is like a little shove back. If it isn't bright and it isn't dark, what is it?
the Chisot, uh, the, the head, head monk, also says, uh, you know, holding the staff, sometimes it is a dragon swallowing heaven and earth. When heaven and earth are both gone, what is it? And a little, just a little push. So every day is a good day is, of course, just the day right now. Now, what if, um, you know, things aren't going so well? My uh, my brother uh, got got some news about might be a medical problem, of which he has a few. And so that was not good news. And um, we, we had another instance of our uh, what I, I try to uh, encourage myself thinking of as the a miraculously shrinking sangha. Is that happening? Uh, someone I was looking forward to maybe working with one day. Uh, thought maybe another uh, group would be more helpful. So, uh, so I am um, feeling a little discouraged. tremendously helpful uh, to contemplate the day that is a good day. Uh, to receive Manjushri's sword 
There's a little pushback. The uh, Anjushri's gentle voice saying, oh, wait a minute. Let's not go overboard here. Let's uh, not just remember, but uh, celebrate how things actually are. So that although there can be discouragement There is no actual person who has to carry that weight. Um, I was... um, Reluctant, well, I often feel some reluctance to speak, but more so than usual today, because I, uh, well, actually, I, I've been told uh, in the past, not so much recently, I've been told that I, I uh, that the teaching that I present is, is not welcoming. Or, you know, it's, I don't know, it's too cold or it's too Zen. And, and people hear it and they run away. Then I, can feel a little panic. It's just like, I, I don't have any other teaching than the one I have. Maybe I belong to the wrong sect, tell myself. And then the other day I saw a quote from no less a personage than the third karmapa. You know, the uh, head of the Kagyu order or school or whoever they are in Tibetan Buddhism. And this was, I guess he was in the 13th century or so. So kind of around Dogen's time. And I guess, I guess somebody asked my question uh, by that time, Vajrayana um, Buddhism was pretty pretty developed. Quite a ways to go, but it was pretty developed. And um, I think somebody said, 
you know, we have in our Dharma tradition here in Tibet, we have we have uh, a practice, kind of a kind of a practice lineage called the Great Perfection. And, and then we have one kind of called the uh, the Supreme Seal. And then we also have the um, the Great Middle Way. So this is Madhyamaka Buddhism. This is uh, Mahamudra practice, and this is Dzogchen practice. So which, I think someone asked him, well, which one of these is, you know, the best? And Karmapa said something like, oh, for the clear-eyed person, these are all the same. And I thought, yes, that has to be right. If one of them is like the right one, then there's something amiss. So they're all right. And our our own Buddha Dharma is all right. And the the person whose departure I'm I'm mourning you know, didn't didn't say anything to me. So I didn't know that this person was feeling like what was going on or what was available wasn't so helpful. I, I didn't know that. And when when I heard that he was not going to be around, I wrote and said, "Please, I need to know if we did something wrong." And he said, "No." Didn't do anything wrong. Just what I understood was he wanted to be in an environment where he was talking a lot more with people. So I thought, oh yeah, kind of community feeling, which is really in short supply these days. I think we noticed. This is really this is a lot better than nothing, but it's still it's not quite what we need, I don't think. Still, it's a good day today. So we have this to applaud and be grateful for. So I just wanted to say again, you know, if someone is has some difficulty or thinks there's some problem, I really hope that person will speak up. Uh, tell me or tell someone. You know, well, nobody sends telegrams anymore, but send a telegram. You know? I, I, uh, I do think that we are not so distant from a time when we will 
be able to get together again. And I, I am looking forward to that. And in the meantime, I'm, I'm very grateful to have the practice of every day is a good day. Very grateful. We can, we already embody that practice, but we can make it a little more deliberate if we want and just look out on the day. You know, following the stream to the source, which as you know, does not involve going anywhere. And let the river Oh. And sometimes I think, uh, well, every day is a good day, but boy, it'd be really good, really a good day if A, B, and C were true. Then I think, yes, but then when A, B, and C, A, B, or C is not true any longer, then what? My, my only other point is Manjushri's sword is, it's not wielded by a particular person. We, uh, all of us, wield it together. It's uh, much safer that way. So uh, we, uh, we wanted to say thank you to Mahapajapati Gotami today, um, Buddha's mother's sister. Buddha's mother died, you know, not long after his birth. So her sister raised Buddha. Kind of interesting story. And of course, uh, she was the first woman arhat and the first bhikshuni, the first female member of Buddha's order, who was finally able to convince him that he was being a dick by not letting women 
you're ordained. One day he said, oh, I guess you're right. Okay, let's do it. Well, that was good. So it's a very, very short service and I hope you will stay. I hope Toast will stay. Maybe now you have a question or comment. Okay, so thank you for your talk. Um, I think I think there is something missing doing this video, and I think, but I still think it's the right thing to do. I mean, there's a church down here in Santa Clara County that the, you know, they just decided, well, we're going to go against the county and meet because we're not getting what we need <laughs> on Zoom, and it's not. I don't think it reflects well on them. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, probably soon. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. My uh, my brother, whom I mentioned, you know, is a Catholic uh, pastor, and uh, he and his congregation are really feeling the pinch, not being able to assemble in the way that they're accustomed. So I I, I definitely sympathize. He surprised me a little bit by at least at times if i'm i'm not there to uh, take him to task for reacting to what is basically a scientific situation as though it were a political situation as though some evil people were preventing christians from assembling it's like no that is not what's going on and I said, there are a lot of people who think that way, who voted for Donald Trump. You're not one of those, are you? No, no, no. That's right, I'm not. <laughs> so just remember, it's the science, not the politics. I found personally that helpful anyway. David, did you have a question? Um, I just wanted to say, um, <clears throat> Uh, in my years here, I've seen many a person sort of skulk out the door. And I think in large part, uh, they do it quietly because of embarrassment. I think they're embarrassed to be upfront about this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking. Um, just wanted to say that. So there's no fault implied with that. It, it would be nice if people could be straightforward, but yeah. you know, sometimes we can't. Yeah. yeah, it would help our process enormously if people would be straightforward, you're right. But I, uh, I couldn't count the many times in my own life when I was not straightforward. I'm still not straightforward sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too.
I do wonder though, even if they are straightforward, what are we going to do with that? Yeah. I mean, technically, religious organizations are allowed to gather in San Francisco at a certain percentage right now. So that's a reality. And, you know, and we've heard from people why sometimes they depart, but I don't know that we have solutions for them. Yeah. Well, I lie awake at night sometimes trying to think of solutions and I uh, haven't come up with much. As soon as possible, we will invite people into our, you know, low ceilinged, poor ventil poorly ventilated room here, <laughs> meditation hall, as soon as we can. That is my commitment. And from what I see, that the po that possibility is coming closer and closer. How about zazen in the garden? Four people at a time, rain cancels. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, uh, we're likely to have the neighbors and the kids outside at the same time. But it's okay. We hear a racket on the street all the time. A racket on the street. So. Um, maybe we should schedule a garden zazen. That's also permitted by the city. That is yeah. permitted as is 25% capacity. Yes, it is. I, I've heard that. Is Cheryl's on? That might be possible to do on our, that might be possible to do on our half day. Oh. Mm -hmm. If weather permitting, maybe because we'll have more periods of sitting that people could sign up for the period that they'd like to sit together in the garden. Yeah, so maybe uh, April 10, uh, we'll, we can do something. And uh, if that involves sitting in the garden, that could be quite pleasant. Okay, well, uh, we'll do our little ceremony. Um, I'm not going to change clothes or put on my little white booties or anything. Did you want to say something? Oh, I would. Next week is council, I believe. Oh, yes. And it seems like the discussion that began today and question and answer and part of your talk would actually be something that could be, you know, explored yeah. and dissected and. I'm assuming that's that's just the kind of thing for council. So I think there is a guest speaker next week, I think. Kokyo. Oh, Kokyo, right. Reverend Kokyo Henkel, former deadhead and current uh, person of the way, will be giving the talk. I presume from wherever he is. I don't know where he is. So. By all means, uh, come for that, and and if you like, uh, we'll have some sort of a council process. Yeah, Mio, it looks like John's hands up, like electronic hand. Oh, John R. Oh, okay. Go ahead, John. 
Thanks, Max. Um, well, uh, uh, you know, I was wondering, um, I like the, uh, the Buddha Rupa that's, that's on the altar. And I remember when you first became abbot for a while, there was that kind of milk-looking uh, uh, porcelain. And that's on the sides now. But I like that old, that old Buddha Rupa because I, I have a funny feeling like we didn't, you know, don't do um, soji very often at uh, Isanji, but sometimes I, some morning I did. And then I remember just having quite an experience cleaning that. And I didn't realize that it came apart, like that, like it had a little base and that it could, but then there was a ring and all these things. And I, like when I went to clean it, it was like, oh my gosh, the whole thing comes apart. Do you mean oh, the wooden one? Yeah, I love that one. I just, or maybe I just love the memory of the experience of feeling, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. just sort of, yeah, uh, so I'm just really glad to see that one there. David, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was one of Isan's favorites, the wooden Buddha yeah. figure. I seem to remember something like it once belonged to your teacher and he gave it to Isan. Oh, and you could ask him sometime if you okay. thought yeah. it was your mind. Yeah. Somehow I have a recollection of that, but I'm not All sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Isan quite loved that statue too. So. Like him, it had a cracked halo. It has a cracked halo. <laughs> Just so. Okay, well, uh, we'll just uh, turn the camera around and, well, I have to do three more bows, but then um, we'll light some charcoal and then we're just going to chant the Daihishin Dharani, the Heart of Great Compassion mantra for our foster mother. Thank you very much.